baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the program. Adam and Jordana have the day off. And tomorrow I'll be filling in. I'm Dave Schrader. Thank you for joining me here on News Talk 830-WCCO. Earlier we were talking in the news about the tragic end to the uh, cougar that was seen in the Twin Cities, struck by a car, killed. They are trying to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. They've taken the uh, the corpse and are actually, I guess, uh, taxidermying it so that they can use it as a learning tool here in the Twin Cities. Uh, we have a big cat sanctuary right here in the Twin Cities. On the line with us right now, Olivia Kemp. Thanks for joining us on WCCO. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about this, and I appreciate you uh, you giving us a call on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline and uh, needed to know this, this cougar sighting. How rare was this in the Minnesota area? This is actually quite a rare occurrence. Um, as far as scientists know, this cougar actually traveled from Nebraska. So it's quite rare in Minnesota. There's not a, an official established cougar population in the state. Now, with the Big Cat Sanctuary that you're a part of, where is that, is that someplace people can come visit? Or do you keep it pretty pristine so that it's just the, the wildcats and the volunteers and employees there that take care of these creatures? It's exactly like you said, Dave. We are close to the public, and that's to keep it as true of a sanctuary as possible for our 150 rescues here. 150 rescues. What type of uh, big cats do you have there at the sanctuary? Well, we have cougars, which you just mentioned, but we also have lions, tigers, cheetahs, leopards, and even smaller cats like bobcats and lynx. Well, how many of those are actually native here to the, to, uh, the Minnesota area? That's a great question. We have a number of bobcats, about 30. They come from all over the United States, but bobcats are native species to Minnesota. We have cougars, which are not native to Minnesota, but are definitely native to the northern part of the United States. And we have Canada lynx, which are native to Minnesota. Are we in any kind of real danger from any of these big cats in and around the uh, the Twin Cities area, or are they still pretty much near the Iron Range or on the fringes near Canada or <laughs> Wisconsin areas? That's a good question. You're definitely not at risk. I think awareness is key, and as long as you're aware of them, they're definitely aware of you, and they aren't going to mess with you if you don't mess with them. Oh, very cool. Is there any way, uh, like a website, can people go see the animals that you have, how you obtain them, and uh, make donations, help out? Because I've got to guess, it's got to be expensive to feed, what would you say, 150 big cats? Yes, 150, and absolutely, yes, we have a website and social media where you can follow our cats every day. Our website would be wildcatsanctuary.org. And our social media handles would be the same. As far as donations, we actually have a year-end match going on right now where every donation is doubled up to $14,000. Wow, that's fantastic. And they can make the donations right there on the website? Absolutely, and even on our social media posts. How hard is it to keep these poor animals fed? I've got to guess that's a lot of (laughs) meat that's eaten throughout the year. 
It certainly is. We actually feed out about 400 pounds of meat a day, and it's a large variety from chicken to beef. And each cat has a specialized diet, so it takes a lot of care and attention and a lot of dedication from our caretakers. What's the take uh, right now on what what tragically happened to this uh, cougar that made it into the Twin Cities area, was struck dead, and they're now using the, uh, the body for educational purposes? How do you guys feel about that? Well, we can't speak on that necessarily since we are a sanctuary for captive cats and not wild cats. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, have awareness about cougars and cats and human-cat conflict. You know, for us, we're dealing with cats in captivity and we're rescuing cats from captivity. And our goal is to bring awareness and end that captive wildlife crisis. So these cats that you have are ones that people were trying to keep as private pets? That's correct. And actually, this urine match that I mentioned is going towards new habitats for three bobcats that were actually rescued right here in Minnesota from a private owner. So these aren't necessarily cats that were rescued from um, from families or people in Minnesota. You just are a big cat rescue that big cats that are found around the United States without uh, the proper home or proper place to be. You guys take them in? Sort of. We do have a number of cats that are coming from inside people's homes. So technically pets, quote unquote pets. We have cats coming from other private ownership situations. It can look like a lot of different things. And so point you back to that website. That's where you can learn a lot about our cats. But yes, unfortunately, most of our cats are coming from pet ownership or private ownership. This this might be a little bit of a touchy subject, but I'm just curious. Obviously, sometimes it's got to go wrong for people that think that they've, they're going to take care of this baby tiger, baby lion, and raise it to see like they do on social media where people are having these fun interactive play sessions. And sometimes it, it goes bad. Do, do you get those cats where a tragedy is, has happened so that that animal doesn't pay the ultimate price for the ignorance of man? Or do those animals have to be put down? Well, you're correct, Dave, that the cat would pay the ultimate price often in those situations. And so that is why we are such strong advocates for keeping the wild in your heart and not your home. These cats do not make good pets. They are wild animals. You cannot expect them to behave differently than that. And so our cats, they come from a variety of backgrounds, but what we do for them here is we try to give them as wild of a life possible, being close to the public. We don't have any direct contact with them, so no petting. No, putting human expectations on them to keep them safe at sanctuary for the rest of their lives. Well, that's amazing in itself. Where are people obtaining, and I know you can't give specifics, but I'm just curious, how how are people even getting some of these cats? It would seem like it's illegal in order to have a tiger or a lion as a pet to begin with. Well, actually, we celebrated yesterday the year uh, anniversary of the passing of the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which is now a federal law in the United States banning the pet ownership of big cats. But unfortunately, cats like bobcats and servals can be legally owned in some parts of the United States. So we're hoping for new laws to be in place to prevent that since we're having a huge, huge crisis of those smaller cat species coming into sanctuary. So unfortunately, yes, cats can be obtained in many different ways. And for those smaller cats, there are even breeders across the United States. Are you also a resource for people that are are trying to rehome uh, wolves or other captive creatures that really don't belong in a home setting? 
just cats for us, and we are at capacity right now, but if someone ever were to know someone who needed to place a cat or find a sanctuary, we can always be used as a resource to find an ethical home for that animal. Are there any ethical homes and uh, sanctuaries for fathers uh, that children keep bringing cats home to their house and they now need a place to live to avoid 15 million cats in their own home? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, do no. not. We do not offer those services. That is a good question. Oh, well, we definitely need to look into that because Olivia, yes. I don't. My kids just keep finding cats, and and I'm slowly becoming the crazy cat person on our block, and uh, I have no response for that. But uh, uh, donations can be made financially. Can if people have meat, things like that, are they able to get it to you? No meat. We do not take meat donations, but the best way to, to have an impact on our cats, a direct impact, would be donating at end-of-year matches like this where your gift can be doubled. I'm just curious, throwing this out there, I know I've, I've had uh, friends that have worked for some of the big uh, box stores, uh, Targets, Walmarts, mm-hmm. things like that. When they have a power outage, if the freezer's down for anything more than like 45 minutes, everything gets thrown out. Do they reach Mm -hmm. out to the Big Cat Sanctuary to make those offers, or have you guys ever considered reaching out to them to let them know you can have same-day pickup or something so that meat doesn't just get thrown in the garbage? Not that I personally know of, but I can't speak on that entirely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Olivia, for giving us a little bit of insight and uh, giving us this information. People can find more information. Tell them the website one more time. Wildcatsanctuary.org wildcatsanctuary.org. Check it out. Go make a donation because that money right now is going to be doubled by this match program. So it's really going to go a long way to help out in what could has to be a very expensive endeavor to do the right yeah. thing to help these animals. <laughs> Olivia, God bless you and all of the amazing people there at the Big Cat Sanctuary. Thank you for doing that and for calling in today. Thank you so much, Dave. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, there's there's good hearts all over and people doing the right thing, and they just need a little bit of help. So if you can be one of those uh, Christmas angels, holiday angels, and go make a donation here for the end of year where it's going to do the most impact, up to $14,000 in donations going to be matched. So help out and help these animals. I know we have so many animal lovers spread throughout this amazing state that uh, we can make a difference and an impact and help these creatures out as well. Uh, Big cat, have you ever wanted to go to see these big cats? Um, I know that there there have been experiences, and most of them, you know, I think with the advent of the Tiger King series that uh, took hold and exploded during uh, the COVID crisis, people were watching it and, and seeing that. I think it's had a deep impact on the way people view these creatures. And how they are treated. And I, you know, I'm just curious, has anybody out there in our listening audience uh, ever had those big cat experiences? What were they like? And did you ever feel like you were in danger doing that? You can let me know at the WCCO talk and text line 651-461-9226. That's 651-461-9226. That was always, I think, on my mom's bucket list, was she would have loved to have been able to go in and cuddle with a lion or a tiger, even if they were baby versions of that. Lots of people want to, yeah. I I think I have such a reverence for them and understand the beauty and majesty, but that the natural inclination for them, uh, we just shouldn't mess with it. Yeah. It's it's one of those... 
you just kind of have to be wishful about it, and that's pretty much it. You can't really do much more than that, unfortunately, because uh, like uh, like Olivia mentioned, these are not these animals are not meant to be tamed by you. No, that, that there are people that are trained to to do that, but that is few and far between. Who's uh, the knucklehead that thought, you know what? I'm buying a baby tiger for our family. Who oh, thought that a that's a good plan? Who Does thought it? that's a good plan? And then, you know, these these goofballs that are buying alligators yeah. and crocodiles, they buy them small and they grow and they grow quickly, and then they're releasing them in lakes in places where they do not belong. I wonder, in Minnesota, could they even survive in this cold temperature? I mean, they are a reptile, so do they just go into a hibernative state? Maybe. When that's taking place? Huh. Very strange. You want to know, I'll shatter a whole bunch of hearts here. I don't know if you heard this. Uh, I used to have hamsters as a kid. Mm-hmm. And now that I think back on it, how many times they passed away during the winter months? Yeah. Only to find out they weren't dead. They were hibernating. If mm. you had them in a cold area, which we always kept it in the kitchen by yeah. the window. Yeah. And even though we had heat on in the house, the window uh, was in. And you'd think that the poor little stiff guy. So if you have a hamster in your house you think has passed away, take it away. Put it by warmth and heat, and it should reinvigorate within a 20 to 30-minute span yeah. before you end up. I'm just wondering how many Don't of jump us the gun. Yeah. Yeah, have PTSD from doing the wrong thing. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got more to discuss, including a bill that uh, is being derided for true lack of transparency, something that I'm, I'm very confused by, uh, and I'm stymied by what is actually being done and said with the uh, onslaught of information that has been released, only to find that maybe we're just being punked through the entire thing. We'll do that when we return right here on News Talk 830 WCCO. <laughs> Filling in for Jordana and Adam, or as I like to call them, Jordadam. I am Dave Schrader. And you're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO with me, producer Josh. Josh, I just got a disheartening piece of information. You know those uh, little, like, traveling petting zoos that go around and they have small cats? Yeah. Uh, It says uh, cubs that are used for cub petting are usually euthanized at the age of 12 weeks when they are too old to be used anymore. Oof. That's, That's depressing. That's horrific. Yeah. Horrific. And I'm so glad that they put a stop to this nonsense and, and that they're just not allowing this anymore. I mean, there's one thing to be said about giving awareness and people being able yeah. to uh, see animals, be there, and have that kind of one-on-one interaction. I get the want and desire for mm-hmm. that. But uh, at what cost? You're, you're you know, killing pets, killing these animals. Uh, not pets, but killing All because the kids animals. want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel bad for the elephants and uh, camels I've ridden on through my life, mainly because I'm fat and I probably hurt their back, but (laughs) uh, that's it. All right, so let's talk about this. Did America get ripped off? There's this UFO disclosure bill uh, that has uh, has been in the news. The recent legislation passed by Congress regarding UFOs falls short of providing immediate transparency about government knowledge on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAPs, which is the new catchphrase. We've done away with UFOs. UAPs is the new title. While the measure instructs the government to disclose some records, there's a catch. These records, so let me me stop right here, Josh. You and I are in the WCCO studios, Mm -hmm. and suddenly a huge black triangle craft hovers outside our window, Waves, takes a picture of us for their Instagram selfie and leaves, right? We report this 
and the federal government gets one of it, they do a full investigation on this. With this disclosure bill and with the transparency that they've been claiming, here we are thinking we're going to get information about this. It can take up to 25 years for that file to finally be disclosed to us. So here I thought we were making these great leaps and strides, and I guess they are because in the past we just wouldn't release the files. But now it can take up to 25 years after their creation to actually be released. And at the president's discretion for national security reasons, this is the provision in part to, uh, of an annual defense policy bill. And that may not satisfy those that are seeking more immediate and comprehensive information on the UFO UAP problem. In July this year, Congress revisited the UFO topic, sparking public suspicions that the government, Josh, they might hide information from us regarding extraterrestrial beings, or as they now call them, uh, non-terrestrial life forms, Sure, I think it is, um, or UAPs. So there might be some government shenanigans going on. Is that a big surprise? But the bill directs the National Archives to collect government documents on UFOs, officially termed unidentified anomalous, yeah, words is tough, unidentified anomalous phenomena, This broad definition includes mysterious objects observed not only in the sky, but also near or under the water. The National Archives will also gather information on technologies of unknown origin and non-human intelligence. Despite these steps towards transparency, the legislation allows government agencies to keep records classified, especially if their release poses a threat to intelligence operations or military defense. Now, that makes sense to me. Obviously, that, that's kind of redundant. You're going to keep things that have uh, intelligence operations or military defense implications quiet because maybe we're testing something or we're patrolling and protecting our area. Yeah. So we don't necessarily want to revolve around that. But there are the ones that the government is coming forth and saying we cannot explain these. And we will release that information. But here we thought it was forthcoming. We're looking it could be 25 years from now. If the president okays it. If. Right. Big if. I think while Trump was in office, they were finally supposed to disclose the Kennedy assassination papers and release the information regarding that. And at the last minute, uh, Trump uh, pulled that, reneged on that. um, And there's probably a very good reason for that. I'm not placing the blame on him uh, per se because I'm sure there's a lot of pressure coming down uh, from many different sources regarding that. But in some cases, it's like, when is enough enough? When are we going to finally learn the truth about some of these instances? And I'm not trying to get too deep into the realm of conspiracy. And I know UFOs are usually pro- probably not something that we talk about here on CCO often. But I'm, I'm talking more about this because of just how hinky so many of the government agencies are when it comes to releasing any information to us. And we should have a concern, right, because there are craft in the sky that we are admitting are not China, not Russia, and not our own. And we cannot explain where these craft are coming from, what their full capabilities are, and what they're actually doing. So I honestly believe we know a lot more, of course, than we're putting out there. And I've seen the reactions of people to information in the past uh, regarding things they're uncomfortable with. So I can understand the hesitation of coming forth too prematurely. Because it could cause a whole world of uh, crazy, uh, especially with the religious implications. But now that the even the Pope has come forward and said, you know, it's not a too bad to believe in a UFOs. I don't think he's even Italian. That was my no, bad father, Guido yeah. Sarducci. I think that what is the new one, German? Sure. 
Okay, we'll go with that. I have that. no idea. I'm not Catholic. So <laughs> I'm a Catholic light. I'm a Lutheran uh, here in the Twin Cities. Let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll talk some more when we come back. Adam and Jordana have the day off. I'm filling in. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is News Talk 830 WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to the program. I'm Dave Schrader. Coming up next, Chad Hartman at the top of the hour. I'll be back with you again tomorrow filling in for Adam and Jordana. I hope you'll be a part of the program with me. Make sure to tune in. Let's have a little fun. If you'd like to be a part of the program today, check in with the WCCO Talk and text line 651-461-9226. Check out this amazing text. Dave, your bumper music today is awesome. Quite refreshing to hear it among all this Christmas music that we are inundated with. Well, I would like to take full credit for that. But it's not me. It's it's producer Josh. He's got full control of the jukebox of destiny over there, and he's the one rolling all the tunes your way. So thank you for your awesome selections today, Josh. I like to give credit where credit is due. Thanks. All right, that's enough. I prefer DJ Josh, yeah. DJ Josh. DJ an ode, an, ode to D, an ode to DJ, the usual producer of the Adam and Jordana show. Oh. Yeah, a little play with words Seems there. very play confusing, to be honest with you. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, listen, speaking of confusing, marriage is tough enough, right? There are so many pitfalls and pratfalls, things that we don't see coming. But did you know one of the main reasons people in their older stages of relationships start to fail is because of sleeping etiquette, because of issues that – they have in the bedroom, and I don't mean sexually. I'm talking more along the lines of snoring and and frequent restaurant or restaurant restroom visits. And if you're taking frequent restaurant visits in your bed during the uh, bedtime hour, that might be a problem as well. Uh, right now, Cameron Diaz, yeah, that Cameron Diaz, she wants us to normalize couples sleeping in separate bedrooms. And I actually know a couple couples that do this. Uh, actor Cameron Diaz has a strong opinion when it comes to sleeping with your partner. We should normalize separate bedrooms. To me, I would literally, I have my house. She says, you have yours. We have the family house in the middle. Diaz, who married good Charlotte guitarist Benji Madden back in 2015, said on an episode of podcast Lipstick on the Rim earlier this week, I go and sleep in my room, she told hosts Molly Sims. And uh, Ms. Gormley, you go sleep in your room, and I'm fine with that. And we have the bedroom in the middle that we can convene in for relations. Diaz said that uh, she held this belief before getting married. And uh, by the way, I don't feel that way now because my husband is so wonderful. She said, I said that before I even got married. Now, a survey earlier this year from the American Academy of Sleep Medicine found that more than one-third of American couples sleep in separate beds. And relationship experts previously told Business Insider that sleeping in separate beds can be good for a couple, especially if you're trying to reignite a spark or need some space for your partner. I don't really understand the whole reigniting a spark. I would guess if you're sleeping in two separate beds, two separate rooms, unless it's the old absence makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> exactly. That's you know, what I was or thinking. I yep. want to play and then go sleep. 
Yes. Right? Yeah. That seems more like the male version of this. Romantic relationships thrive when there is a healthy respect for the individuality of each partner. That's what Katie Binger, a licensed counselor and communication coach, had to say. Um, See, my wife, she's a bundler. I call her Big Bird because she nests in the middle of the bed. We have a king, California king-size bed, and I sleep precariously on the razor's, razor's edge yes. as not to bother her, Same. upset the apple cart, uh, although I have to, at times I have to wake her up to make her move because she lays in one place all night and then wakes up in brutal pain because she hasn't moved. Her body's locked up. Uh, maybe I'm giving away too many bedroom secrets. Probably not the kind people were <laughs> expecting, but it is interesting, right? And what do you think? Like, my grandparents loved each other, but they slept in separate rooms at separate ends of the house because my grandfather, God love him, snored like a chainsaw going through glass bottles. That is some of the worst it's noise. a lot of snoring. Oh, and it's... Right? Just brutal. So they had to sleep, but it kept their marriage together. That's a soundbite nobody wanted today. <laughs> ever. Ever, I think. Yeah. But that is uh, that is yeah, that's tough. The whole concept of sleeping in separate beds, though, to save the marriage. Uh, what's your? Do you have a, like? I have an issue with sleeping in the same place too long. I cannot comfortably do it, and I've tried to make changes over the last five or six years. Um, I would be the kind of guy who'd sleep in bed for you know a year or two. Then I got to go sleep on the couch for about six months. Then I might come sleep on in the room, but I need to sleep on the other side of the bed. I just need. Yeah. A change of atmosphere, position, and and you know tensile strength of the bed, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. My my weird thing is because I'm a, I'm a side sleeper, but my to kind of I've been able to kind of correlate my sleeping habits with where I am on the bed as well. Because I whenever I would have the right side of the bed, I would sleep on my right side. So I'm more of an whatever edge the I'm I'm on the whatever side of the bed I'm on that's the edge I'm usually facing. Mm-hmm. So like right now I'm on the left side and I will never sleep not on my left side. Like I'll I'll occasionally find myself waking up and I'll be you know laying flat on my back, but I'm just like eh. It's it's just easier to breathe I get I think for my body on the left side. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason I just am right kind of. Right there at the edge every single time. It's just my comfort spot. But if your wife said, hey, honey, I love you, but you need a different room. You need to have your own place. I want you to go take the the spare room. That wouldn't bother you? No. 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 I mean, it's different not uh, – I mean, like if one of us is out of town for work or family mm-hmm. or whatever, it's it's different kind of having that bed to yourself. It's nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's different. Um, it's, it's funny. I do all this traveling, and I usually get set in rooms with king-size beds, yeah. and I still find myself precariously – uh, balancing on the far edge yeah. of the bed. Wait, wasting the whole Yeah, space. wasting yeah. that whole space yeah. in between. Sometimes I force myself into the middle of the bed, yeah. and then when I wake up, I'm usually, again, teetering on the edge of, of sanity right then and there. But, I, you know, I, God, if it works for you, who am I to judge? I Correct. think go for it. Yeah, I know, like I know a, a few people that, that do just fine sleeping in separate bedrooms, and they've been doing it for 20, 30 years. So it's just some people's – some people, it's kind of like you were talking about, the snoring factor. The snoring factor is also a big reason why a lot of people I do know that do sleep in separate bedrooms mm-hmm. just can't do it. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they can't do the ambient noise. And some people, it's the, you know, the white noise factor. Some people really like silence. I don't like silence when I'm sleeping. Like, yeah, to, a, to an extent at least. Mm-hmm. I have to have some kind of white noise, whether it's a fan, yeah. which I frequently I – I don't think I ever go to bed without a fan running, even in the winter. Uh, TV – uh, occasionally I'll throw it on, set the timer or whatever. Maybe I won't set a timer. Let's have it running forever, you know, 
expensive electric bill, if you will. But uh, yeah, I'm I I can't sleep without uh, some kind of noise or or ambient. Yeah, we're that way too. Sound. I've I've always had to have a fan Correct. going. When I don't, it almost hurts my head. It's too quiet. I I, I can't do the peace and quiet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my wife she uses a sound machine that sounds like a thunderstorm. On yeah. her side of the bed, I have a fan, so literally it feels like we're in the middle of a tropical storm because you hear the thunder, the Nothing rain, wrong with that. and then I enjoy the, that. the uh, ice cold breeze. The I'm also the kind of guy that during the winter like to uh, sleep with the window cracked open. See, I, like I, I, I haven't cold. gone that far yet. <laughs> I like being cold where you can bundle, yeah, and save. Oh wait, sorry, that's a that's a commercial. But I like to bundle yes. and be warm. Uh, let me mention it is 11:44. For the Linden Lindus Construction Time Check, time to save. Receive seventy five percent off installation labor on Minnesota made Infinity from Marvin Windows. What say you, good audience? Are you separate sleepers? Do you like to be in different places? Again, you can uh, reach out to us through the WCCO Talk and Text Line six five one four six one nine two two six. Here's a text: I sleep in a king bed upstairs, and my five foot tall wife has a queen on the main floor. We've been married for 38 years. It's that space in between. It's that giving that little break. Yeah. I, th- I think that's not a bad yeah, Like you said, uh, dis- what is it? What did you say? D- distance makes the Absence heart- makes yeah, the heart one. grow fonder. Yeah, I wrote that. I'm trademarking it. I didn't. It's yeah. an old statement. I'll find it at a thrift store somewhere. Yeah, probably yeah. knitted or painted on a toiletry uh, device. So, yeah, that's an interesting uh, interesting concept. I think it's cool. Do it, what makes you happy, man. I, you know, advocate for sleeping together, sleeping apart, wherever you sleep best. I, I could see myself as I get a little bit older uh, wanting to have my own little room and uh, just, you know, once all my kids are gone, I'd like to have a place for my stuff for once in my life. Do you know I have not had a place to just display all the garbage and collectibles and things that I've got? I would like to just surround myself in my stupidity and sleep in there at night. Build yourself a museum. Yes, I might do that. The official uh, Gold Telly Award-winning international TV sensation Dave Schrader Museum in the Twin Cities. What do you think? A buck small, fifty, two, small, two fifty small, to come in and see it. Small font to make that sign, but yeah, <laughs> very small font. Yeah. Uh, let's take uh, our final break real quickly, and then we'll come back. I've got an interesting note that was sent to me. Uh, something to consider for the holidays. We'll do that when we return. I'm Dave Schrader, filling in for Adam and Jordana here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. Just letting the music kind of waft us through in our final segment here. I'm Dave Schrader filling in for Jordana and Adam. I'll be back again with you tomorrow, noon, or I'm sorry, 9 to noon. Chad Hartman's up next. I'll be back with you again next week filling in for Drive Time with the Russia. So uh, I'll be here Tuesday through Friday of next week. Look forward to have more conversations and more discussions with you. I have an interesting piece here, Josh. I vacillated back and forth on, on talk. Do you talk about this? But I figure if you don't, people don't learn. If you yeah. don't say things, if you don't put it out there, how are people going to know or to get the insight? And this really touched me. There was an article that was written um, by this young lady, and her name is Sarah Nannan. And she said uh, in, this, in this article, holiday hosts etiquette. If you're inviting someone to your home and they're grieving, be sure that you're inviting their grief to attend as well. It will be there anyway, which is an interesting thought. Don't invite someone with the goal of cheering them up for the holidays. Don't expect them to put on a happy face in your home. And don't demand that they fake it till they make it or do something they don't want to do either. Invite them 
with the loving intention of offering cheer and companionship and unconditional care during the holidays. To do this, you'll need to honor and be responsive to their needs and emotions. You can do this by privately acknowledging their grief when you make the invitation. Something like, I know the season is extra hard and your heart is hurting. You and your grief are welcome in our home. Come as you are. We'd be honored to have you with us. It also is incredibly loving to honor the reality that it's often hard for grieving folks to know what they will want, need, or to be up for, or able to tolerate at times like the holidays. Giving them an invite without the need for commitment and permission to change their mind is showing extra love. You don't have to decide right now. If it feels good to be with us, we'll have plenty of food and love for you to just show up. I'll check in again a day or so before to see if you're feeling up to coming over. And if there's anything you'd like me to know about how we can support you, please let me know. Your grieving friends and family, they need attentive care and responsiveness at the holidays, not plans to keep them busy, distracted, and happy. If they're laughing, laugh with them. If they're weeping, ask if they'd like your company or your help finding a quiet place to snuggle up alone for a little bit. Man, these are beautiful thoughts. If they're laughing while weeping, and this is more common than you'd think, stay with them. This is a precious moment of that human experience that's truly sacred. We don't need to protect ourselves or each other from grief at the holidays. In fact, the more we embrace grief as an honored holiday guest, the more healthy, happy, and whole our holidays can be. So, Sarah, congratulations. What a great dissertation, great little bit of information to share. Because there are so many people we don't know what to do or what to say. We want to encourage people that are in a place of pain or hurting. We want to reach out to them and tell them, hey, just come have a great time. Put your worries behind. That's not how depression, sadness, and grieving works. And encourage people. When people tell me I've just lost this, I tell them grieve. Embrace the grieving. Cry it out. Don't be hard. Don't be strong for other people. This is your time to grieve. It's going to hurt. You love this person. They're gone. Give yourself that okay to do that. And did you know that there's an actual chemical difference in grieving tears than there are in normal tears? I had no idea. Yeah. It is actually a good purging element. So allow yourself to do that. It is healing. It's cathartic. It's good. The, the, this season can be tough for a lot of people. And then you feel like, I don't want to be there because I don't want to bring everybody down. And if you just make that open invitation to, Josh, I want you to know you can be there. And don't worry about it. You can... If you need to tuck yourself away in my room to be alone for a little bit, you can do that. We won't come wander looking for you. We won't interfere or impede on your alone time. But if you want to be a part of things and just watch, if you want to participate in the games, participate. Just letting them know that they're loved and that they're wanted for who they are and what they're going through. That is such a loving gift that you can give to people in this time during the holiday season. And we have to remember that is an important element to this as well. And reach out to people. I'll tell you, one of the best pieces of of advice I ever got was actually from one of my own daughters when she was dealing with depression. I just wanted to take it away. I wanted to wish it away, make a dad move, and, and get it gone. And she just said, Dad... I just want to get through this. Would you just hold me and let me get through this? And I just held her. I didn't speak. I didn't offer advice. I didn't offer my wisdom of all the years. And I learned more from my daughter in that moment than I had in 50 years of living. And uh, when my mom passed away, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Ripley, 
was the first to just embrace me and let me weep. And, and I didn't worry about, oh, I look weak to her. She knew the importance of this moment. She allowed me to grieve. And then when I was done, she grieved and fell into my arms. And it was just this beautiful, reciprocal feeling of love, adoration, and sharing in that precious moment without fear of judgment or fear of feeling ridiculous or silly. So love people. Love people in spite of the situations that they might currently find themselves in. Allow them to be who they are and deal with the problems that they're dealing with. Don't try to buck them up. Don't tell them to just get over it. Don't give them that advice. It is not good advice. It is not helpful advice. And as much as you think you're doing good, you're probably pushing that people or that person to want to isolate more than ever. So I hope those are some little triggers that can help you, especially during this time of year, and maybe even help you if you're starting to feel these pangs, know a better way to deal with it and tell people. Because sometimes if you just tell people what it would be that would help you most, they will open up, they will understand, and they will greet you with that love and compassion, which is all we could possibly hope for. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and spending a couple hours with me here today. Of course, I want to thank Brad Lane for inviting me in and to my producer, Josh Wheeler, for making this a great, fun time. Three hours flew by today. I can't wait to be back here again with you tomorrow and continue these wonderful conversations. I'll be back again next week, and you can always reach out to me here at the uh, station. Let me know other great topics and things that you'd like to cover because that's what we're here for. We are News Talk A3O-WCCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 